0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. I am excited to welcome on retired former NFL wide receiver Earl Bennett. He played six seasons with the Bears after being drafted in the third round of the 2008 NFL draft, he spent his college career at Vanderbilt and he left Vandy as the SEC all time receptions leader and tied for most touchdown catches in a game with five. Uh, he was inducted into the SEC Legends in 2015 and the Vanderbilt Hall of Fame in 2017. He was also voted as the number seven best wide receiver. In SEC history, he is a husband, a father, a man of God. We'll talk about his his wife and her singing career on today's episode. I will ask him all about the Chicago Bears this season. He still follows the team, watches the team, and and has some some interesting takes on on them. That was a tough loss uh, Monday night against the Vikings. So uh, so we'll, we'll get his uh, opinion on on the team. And, man, I love Nick Foles. What, what a tough year it's been because he's just not set up to succeed in Chicago. So, you know, when he came in as the hero uh, in that first game when he replaced Trubisky, that was awesome, but it just didn't continue. That momentum really hasn't continued this year, uh, unfortunately. But Earl Bennett, you know, he played for the Bears during the, the Lovey Smith, Jay Cutler, Devin Hester years, uh, Matt Forte, who's been a guest on this show, uh, would have been there during that time as well. So excited to, to to share Earl's story, his football story, as well as his his faith story uh, with you today. Before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options, healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Also, check out our website, unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional that we send out uh, to you when you register or subscribe, and and we'll send it to your inbox Monday through Friday for free. So check that out, unpackingit.com. Also, please subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, and also you can email me anytime, bryce at unpackingit.com. After the interview with Earl, uh, I'll give you a couple takeaways, and we'll wrap up the show Uh, back in studio but right now here is my conversation with former NFL wide receiver Earl Bennett intriguing guests
0: and inspiring conversations this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson
1: and joining us right now on Unpacking It is Earl Bennett He's a retired NFL wide receiver who played six seasons with the Chicago Bears. He was drafted by the Bears in the third round of the 2008 NFL Draft. He's a husband and a father and a man of God, and we're excited to have him on the show today. Earl, thanks for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on Unpacking. I've heard a lot about this show uh, just through my marketing team and various others that I know, so... Truly, truly uh, blessed to be able to speak with you guys
1: again. Awesome. Well, we're, we're glad to have you on, and, and we'll, we'll talk faith in, in, a little, in a little bit, as well as some exciting things going on with your wife and her music career. But, but first, got to ask you about the Chicago Bears, because they were in the, uh, the spotlight on Monday night. Unfortunately, it was a tough loss against the, the Vikings and saw the, that you were tweeting about the, the game. So what was your thought specifically about that game, but kind of overall on the Bears this season?
2: I'm heartbroken, oh, man, for Kirk Cousins to get his first win on Monday night football <laughs> against a team that he had yet to be in the NFC North, my beloved Bears. I mean, it, it was just disheartening. It was, it was heartbreaking to watch us go out and, and underwhelm and not perform up to our abilities. I've been watching them. You know, they, they really don't have an identity mm. uh, as an offense yet. And that has been really hindering them. Obviously, the defense with Khalil, Mack, Eddie Jackson, Kyle Fuller, those guys are just absolute studs. Akeem hit got banged up during the game. They started to run the ball a little bit better in the middle, uh, in the fourth quarter. But it's it, it, you know you start out five and one, and all of a sudden right now you're you're just struggling. You're trying to trying to get back on track, and hopefully they can do that. Not sure what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Nick Foles, ah, man, you know, I, I like Nick Foles as a quarterback. Me too. I do feel as if changing the offensive coordinator a week before game, I think that's a bit much. Mm. I think that should have been done after the bye, so you can have at least two weeks to kind of get on the same page. But, you know, it, it's the Bears, and, you know, unfortunately, they're not doing so well.
1: It, it's been tough, and, and what's interesting, like you mentioned, starting off 5-1 and one and feeling good and... Nick Foles came in in, in dramatic fashion and, and won at least a couple games and, and was looking good. And and now it just kind of has, has fizzled a, a little bit. And so, just from your perspective as a, a former wide receiver, how, how frustrated must this, this wide receiver, wide receiving core be this season, especially a guy like Allen Robinson, who's one of the top talents in the league? I guess, kind of, what's your, your empathy for these guys this year?
2: Yeah, my heart goes out to, uh, <laughs> to Allen Robinson. I mean, just think about the quarterbacks that he's had to play with, what he's endured as a player. Uh, when I watch the guy run routes and his ability to catch the 50-50 jump ball, mm. it's just, I mean, it's off the charts. But, I mean, then again, you're playing with these quarterbacks that's not really giving you many opportunities to, you know, run run out there to catch. So, it goes out to those guys. I mean, you just look at the ball to Anthony Miller, just outside oh. of his reach. I know the commentator was like, oh, you got to make that catch. He, I mean, <laughs> he stretched out. There's not much more he could do. And it's like, as a wide receiver, the one thing you always want to do is be on the same page as a quarterback. You want to see everything that he sees, know what he knows, want to be quarterback friendly. And just obviously, you know, with the pandemic and a lot of things going on, it's hard to get on that same page with Nick Foles. He came in the Atlanta Falcons game. You know, he won won it towards the end. And mostly because Atlanta is just a bad team. Mm. And most of those teams that they beat early were just bad teams. Look at the the Detroit Lions game. Uh, DeAndre Swift dropped the touchdown catch. That's a game. The game is over. I think they were winning by 17 points and they came back and, and won and still should have lost. Hmm. So the wins that we have, I'm very grateful for them as a, as a former player, but they were wins that we struggled to get against teams that are very bad. True. And as a wide receiver, when you start to have games that you know you already have like the check mark next to it, you're battling your butt off the women, that's not a good look. And you know there's something more wrong with your team.
1: Yeah, there just kind of some fool's gold early in the year getting some of those wins like like you say. And and I'm curious though, it sounds like you are pretty invested in in watching the the Bears play. So so what is it like watching football now that you're no longer playing in the NFL? And and was that a a tough transition to even want to watch football after your your playing days or did you jump right in and and embrace watching games more as a fan now?
2: Yeah, I kind of jump right into it because you know i i started playing football when i was eight years old and it it, no matter how much i try to get away from it it is a part of my intersection it it, it is a part of you know my my dna who i am as a person so for me to try to completely get away from it as i tried to in the beginning i was doing myself a disservice Mm. so i watch games and it's it's interesting to watch games with friends and family members and You know, people that just like to watch football to root their team on, you know, whereas like me, I'm so analytical in, you know, trying to understand the intricacies of why they ran this route, why are you still running a sweep to the short side of the field on third and four, like things like that, where they're just like, oh, man. He should have made that first down. I'm like, it's an overload on that side. You know, they're running that 3-4. They brought the cornerback. So the way that I see the game is, like, totally different. And it's pretty cool because sometimes I – probably about 65 70% of the time I can predict where the ball should be thrown and who's going to catch it and how they're going to catch it. So my brother-in-law, my brothers, they love, you know, being around me and seeing the game through my lens because – they're like, dude, how did you see that? I was like, it's cover two. I mean, you can't have your Mike back with his back turned toward the slot guy. That that's a huge indicator. So it, it's cool to watch the game now and to be able to give that information to like friends and family and also my son.
1: Wow, that that that's awesome. And it is interesting because like even during the Monday Night game, Louis Riddick. I mean, he circled Adam Thielen on one play and like look for him, look for him, and then he scores a touchdown. And <laughs> and Tony Romo does it all the time and. I guess my, my problem as a fan watching i 'm always wishing for the ball to go to whoever 's on my fantasy team that, <laughs> that i can 't objectively even look at the the, the, the TV to know where someone 's going, but uh, I also don 't have the same same background as you as a former player, but, but that 's cool to have that, that insight that 's a, that's a fun way to watch a game so a little different for uh, for me that 's for sure well you you mentioned starting to to play football when when you were eight years old and and was also reading that, that you grew up playing basketball and baseball and, and played those at a, at a high level as well. And so at what point did you realize or, or decide that football was going to be the, the route to go? And, and, and really, at what point did you realize that the NFL was a possibility for you?
2: Yeah, so I picked up baseball my freshman year at high school, and surprisingly, I was an okay player. And so I decided, you know, to stick with it and begin to develop my skills a lot more. And it, just, it, it started to go well. And in fact, I think my junior year, I was named to the All-South all, um, all South team where we played the, the North team in the state of Alabama. So it was cool. And some of those guys are actually, you know, major league players. Oh, wow. Uh, now, some of them actually left high school to, to go and play in the major too. Oh, man. And that was – that was just you know, just one of my coaches telling me that I, I should try a different sport. I had never tried baseball, never thought about playing baseball, but just went out and just had like the natural talent, played center field, so I was you know, tracking a ball, catching it was you know, wasn't an issue for me. And that was that was fun. Basketball, uh I didn't grow any taller from from <laughs> from ninth to to twelfth grade. I hear ya. So I think that was a I think that was a huge indicator that my set jump shot was no longer uh, (laughs) valuable to the team. And, you know, I was a a huge hustler. I was facilitated as a, you know, point guard. And, you know, obviously having that football background is, you know, just natural grit that, you know, you just want to knock people over and it's fun. Although it's basketball, you know, you think about the the Detroit Pistons scene (laughs) and I was like, all right, cool. So basketball is out of the factor. And, I started receiving scholarships my junior year, early my early junior year, and knew that I had the opportunity to play, you know, college football. So I was like, all right, cool. And so I kept playing uh, baseball. Actually, when I, I, was, the, I was deciding on if I wanted to play, whether to sign a baseball scholarship or a football scholarship, but I had more football scholarships than baseball. Hmm. And so I was like, you know what, cool, I'll, I'll just go play, you know, football. So at Vanderbilt, which is you know arguably I think the best baseball program in the nation right mm-hmm. now, and uh, well over the past decade, I think it, they've been like they solid with coach uh Tim corbin yeah i <laughs> after my freshman year uh as a football player and i, I made all s e c uh first first team freshman, et cetera, I go up and I talk to the head coach Bobby Johnson, and I ask him. You know, I, I I actually snuck in. <laughs> I snuck in. I did batting practice with oh. the baseball team. Wasn't supposed to go, but I went and did batting practice. Coach Corbin was like, man, I love your bat speed. You know, it, we'd love to have you, it, but you have to get it clear through Coach Johnson because you signed a football scholarship. I was like, all right, Cool. I was like, that should be easy. Coach Johnson is like the nicest guy that I've ever met. I mean, he's a Christian guy. You know, he, I know he's going to look out for his player. So I said, I scheduled a be with Coach Johnson, and I, I went up and was talking to him. And I was like, hey, Coach, uh, I just wanted to run this by you. I had batting practice with uh, Coach Corbin and the baseball team with David Price and Pedro Alvarez and those guys. And he loves my, 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 my bat speed. He, he thinks I could develop and you know get a lot better. Uh, with your blessing, is it okay that I go and play on the baseball team? Mm. He paused for about 15 seconds. Mm. There's this like awkward silence and he's just staring at me. And I'm like, okay, say something. He takes his glasses off, set him, set him on the desk, still staring at me. I mean, he's just like looking at like just eye eye to eye contact, and it's just weird at this point. Oh man! And he goes, "I can't do that, buddy. Why would I do that?" And I was <laughs> like, "What?" Oh, I was like, "What?" I can't go play baseball, and he was serious. Like he was like, "No." He was like, "What do I look like?" Let my star freshman player go play baseball. You mess around, something, get hurt, and then you're out. You can't play football next year. Man. He's like, I can't take that chance. And so I was like crushed about it because, you know, as I mentioned, these like, these guys that are on his team already are, I mean, they're studs. I mean, David Price was the number one pick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pedro Alvarez was, I think, number two. Casey, Casey Weathers was six. Mike Minor, I think he was like top 10. So you just had like these, you know these crazy baseball athletes that I was like you know I was wishing to just be on the same team with them and he just crushed my dreams so that's when I decided you know all right football let's do it and I saw how I matched up in terms of you know like top prospects in college football that hey I actually have a pretty good shot of playing professionally and so i dedicated more of my time to football and it it worked out
1: yeah well no that, that that's a crazy story and and i i know it's tough for certain athletes at some point having to decide between two sports that they really enjoy uh, maybe sometimes three that they're good at and that sort of thing and so in that season where where you were you know you were told no by your coach uh, how did that affect your relationship with him and and what was that like Kind of personally, having to let go of baseball and to to truly go all in on football
2: yeah, to personally let go of, of baseball it was it was disheartening because it was something that I had picked up you know in ninth grade, you know usually kids start playing baseball when they're six, seven years old. I had never held the back, swung it, you know filled it balls until ninth grade. Mm. And for me to have a jump from ninth to eleventh grade to where I'm playing on all-star team, I mean, it was just unreal, and it was, you know, a testament to, you know, my coach. He was a guy that brought me out there. He taught me so many things about baseball that I never knew, I never understood, until now when I'm watching it on television, I can appreciate those things a lot better. And my relationship with Coach Johnson, I didn't understood where it came from. A lot of people don't like to see college sports as a business, but it really is, especially for the coaches. It's a business. They bring guys to their school so they can perform well and they get paid. Like, their their treasures are the players. I mean, you like like like, that's how you make your money, from the players. And so once I saw, you know, I love, I love coach Johnson to death, but uh, I understood where he was coming from, from a business perspective. Mm. And once I knew that, then I understood that I need to do things in an orderly fashion to put myself in the most advantageous way to be successful.
1: Man, what, what a story. And, and so you, you mentioned that, that he was a, a Christian. And, and so you, you looked up to him at, you know, as your head coach and, and knew that, that his, his faith was important to him. And so, Let's talk about your faith and your faith journey. And and even specifically during this time, what was your faith like? And, and how did this kind of uh, crossroads in life to, to, to choose football and to have your coach tell you no and all that, how did that affect your faith during that time?
2: Uh, my faith never wavered. That's something that, oh man, it's, man, my wife will tell you, my faith ha- has always been there through the ups, through the downs. Uh, it, it remains uh, pretty consistent, and I've always known, like, God had me in certain positions in certain areas for a specific reason. Mm. Uh, when I was at Vanderbilt, we we started a group called the Dirty Dozens that uh, the Chaplain Lance Brown named us, so 12 guys, oh. and we just really started to do Bible study together. We started to do retreats together. We started to really get closer as you know people Hmm. and I think that's what really matters in college football because a lot of people just look at the aspect oh you're a student athlete it's like no I'm a person too but also I'm a very like spiritual Christian that loves to connect with other Christians about you know some of the things that we go through Hmm. on college campuses and it was I mean it was a special group and that was one thing that I think Helped me internalize the importance of a community, and as we start to get, you know, once I got into the NFL, we started a, a Bible study there, and it was just always fun to connect with guys that, you know, understood what like what you go through, like as Christians and some of the hardships that you have. So it's it's really important for me to always be with a, a part of a group of guys, a group of Christian guys that. Really can sit down and have like these honest and open conversations about day to day life
1: amen i 'm right there with you what what a what a valuable opportunity that we that we have and we have to be intentional about it and seek those those relationships out and and invest in those relationships for sure well so so you mentioned that that you've you 've had a, a a faith for a while um, but what have been some of the key moments in your your faith journey and and in your development and maturity in, in the faith?
2: Yeah, I think the one that really stands out to me was probably my third year in the NFL. I had, a, a, I had microfractured knee surgery. And for a lot of people that don't really understand what microfractured knee surgery is, they they like you have like not a lot of cartilage like around like your your knees mm. so what they do is they go in and they they drill your bone until it bleed and scab and form like the extra protection that you need for uh because you have that because of that lack of cartilage oh. so i had that surgery and i and i tried to come back and was working my way back through it and I found myself in training camp, like just bawling, like just, just sitting there just crying and, and I go, God, I I don't know what you have for me with this sport, but just let your will be done. At this point, I I, I don't I don't want to try to control this situation. I don't I don't want to try to to, to understand like what you have for me. Like I like just let your will be done and you know everything like like from that day on i had a i had more like a uplifted a more uplifted spirit about going to practice about through going through the mundane aspects of things hmm. and 6 months later i uh, you know i ended up getting a, a contract extension but wow. i i didn't know you know i like i thought my career was going to end because i talked to the offensive coordinator And, obviously, I was first off of knee surgery. So, there were, like, very little things that I could do. And he brought me up to his office and was like, I don't even think you're going to make this team. Wow. He goes, right now, you are literally, like, the fifth receiver on the team. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm terrible. Uh. Right? Like, like I had – but, you know, in the back of my mind, I just came off of – like, this is a knee surgery. I could – there was no weight bearing, I think, for nine weeks. I believe nine or 10 weeks, no weight bearing on, on your leg. So forget about running routes. I was just getting back to walking yeah. and, and and going through the process of rehabilitation and understanding, you know, how this knee works now? Because there are some things that you can't do once you have that type of knee surgery and you have to get used to it. So while I was adjusting, you know, he called me up and was basically told me like, Hey man, um, you may not make this team, and you are right, right on the cusp of being released. So, oh. yeah, it, training camp was brutal that year until I gave it all to God, and I was just like, hey, man, whatever happens, it's a part of God's plan.
1: So, no, that's that's an incredible perspective to, to get to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess for somebody listening today, what what is the – the encouragement or or how does somebody get to that point of of really it's, it's surrender and it's, it's an open hand. It's not, you know, holding on so tightly and putting all all the pressure on ourselves, but, but, but trusting God with the results and, and with his, his will. So I don't know, maybe unpack that a little bit further. Yeah.
2: I think that a lot of times in life, we try to control the narrative. Hmm. We want to be in charge of everything that's happening. We want to, receive all the glory to say, hey, I went through all this treacherous uh, ordeal to get to where I'm at today. I did it. Mm. Look at me. Mm. And that's so far from the truth, because when you are weak, you are really strong because you give it all to Christ. And now he's able to provide you with the strength and the security that you need. Mm a lot of guys don't understand that and they think that they can do it all on their own it is so tough to go through surgeries it's so tough to go through grief it's so tough to go through life without really giving it all to christ and allowing him to you know do his magic let him work like don't stress don't worry about these things Haven't he provided for the birds? Do they worry about what they eat? Like those things start to go through my mind when I try to be in control, when Mm -hmm. I worry about things, when I try to figure out like why this happened instead of just letting go and just letting God have it. And to young guys, to older guys just hearing this, if you're going through anything, just understand that there's a bigger person up there that's watching you, that's with you, that understands what you need, that knows that if you just let it go and give it to him, he'll take care of the rest.
1: Amen. Amen. I I love it. And I I think, yeah, what a great uh, story just to, you know, God gets the glory that, when here you are injured thinking you're not going to make the team and that's when you get the contract extension, that, that's pretty cool. And I've, I've seen that even this year with the pandemic going on and the ways that God has shown up in our ministry and in my own life, uh, he gets all the glory because it's been out of my control and things don't add up and they don't, it doesn't make sense. It's like, wait, how would, how would that work so well? And during this year with everything going on and and, and but in God's goodness and faithfulness and his plan and his will, uh that that wins out. And so sometimes we gotta we gotta release it and let go and, and stop trying to control it all. So uh what what yeah, a great absolutely. great word from from Earl Bennett. Well, you uh you mentioned your wife briefly, but but we gotta talk about, about her a little bit because she is a singer. She's got a new single out called God Flow. So so what's it like having a, a wife pursue a, a singing career and, and being there kinda of right there by her side as as she uh she shares her, her gift and, and her voice with, with listeners.
2: Man, it's wonderful to have a, a God fearing woman. I met my wife when we were just in high school and to see her to where she's at right now in in her career is absolutely amazing. It's astonishing uh because she's probably one of the most selfless person I've ever met. What she sacrificed, you know, while I was playing professionally to to take care of our, you know, two kids and really make sure the household and everything else was intact while I was playing my career. So now it's time for me to return that favor. Like I, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the cheerleader on the sidelines, you know, <laughs> on constantly, you know, social media posting there. I know a lot of people that follow me is probably like getting tired of it. They're like, Earl, tell us what you think about the Bears. Talk about the Vanderbilt Commodores football team. You know, give us some from a sports perspective lens. And I'm just like, hey, I'm so proud of this lady right here. Like, you guys have no clue, like, what she's endured over the past 10 years to get to where she's at right now and to, you know, really be focused on the journey that Christ has for her. And understanding that, you know, everything else that happened like in the past with not being able to pursue some of her dreams are still able to happen now is uh, remarkable. So, yeah, if you go to my social media, if you go anywhere else, you'll see me always plugging her music just because uh, I think she does a phenomenal job. But also just to understand her entire journey and to see where she's at today is truly remarkable and a blessing.
1: So so she's a, a gospel singer, Rakisha Bennett. Uh, the, the single is called God flow and, and so it's streaming now and, uh, you can check that out. So, uh, so really, really cool. And, and, and what a, I guess a neat part of the story too, that, that there, she was supporting your career. Now your NFL career ends, she's able to, to get going on, on her singing career. And that, that's a neat uh, thing to see play out, uh, within your, your marriage. So, uh, very, very cool. Well, well. speaking of, of kind of your life and where you're at in, in life, and not only supporting her, but from, from what I, I've read, it seems like you continue to pursue education. And, and so is that right that you're working on your, your Ph.D.?
2: Yeah, I'm currently working on my Ph.D., which is so much fun because I'm absorbing and learning so much information about, you know, the intricacies of higher education, uh, the inception of higher education, the inception of sports was actually blew my mind. Well, the inception of collegiate sports is, it's it's just like, I was like, wait, so college sports started out as intramural sports. And then the universities got involved and they saw how they could use it for admissions. Like, it's just like mind blowing. And I was just like blown away. So for me, I, I love stuff. Like that. I love learning about that. And I'm at the university of Houston, Uh, higher educational leadership and policy studies program. Uh, I actually just defended my candidacy proposal. It was accepted. I presented it. So we are great. Uh, we're in great, uh, standards with the university. And I have a year left before, you know, I'm Dr. Bennett, but it is true. It's been, you know, a lot of fun and, and really able to connect with a lot of people and learn from them. About you know the intricacies, intricacies of, of higher education and institutions.
1: Wow, good for you. So So not only do you have a degree from from Vanderbilt, but but now working on your your PhD, that, that is really, really cool. So yeah. so what do, what do you hope to, to do with it then? What, what are some of the options with that?
2: Yeah, so there's so many options, and, and I'm actually going to start uh, creating my professional development uh, here over the next couple months. As I mentioned, I, I have a, a one year left in the program. But just starting to see from a, a, a athletic department standpoint, things I could do. Obviously, you could always go to athletic director route. You could do some consulting in uh, athletic administration. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'll I'll sit down with Teresa and we'll get a game plan going. And you know I I, I love helping out. Like that's one thing that you know my wife would tell you. Anybody that knows me is that I'm always looking to give back to give knowledge back to, to younger kids, uh, K through 12, but also to talk to college students because I, I was there. I, I understand some of the things that student athletes go through. So I think, you know, setting up speaking engagements and things of that, and really just t- trying to, you know, get into, you know, college athletics and let people know like, Hey, there's other ways that football doesn't work. Like it worked for me. Yeah but here's also what I did in case it didn't work. You could also do
1: this. That's awesome. Well, man, I, I hope the, the final year of that, that program goes well for you and, and, and God provides some clarity as far as what, what's next in that regard, and, and that sounds awesome. And you got two young kids and your, your wife's singing career, so you got a lot, lot going on. But, but thanks for coming on, unpacking it today and, and sharing a little bit about your story and, and encouraging our listeners. Uh, really, really appreciate it, Earl
2: absolutely it was a pleasure to be on here uh thank you guys and anytime you need me to come on talk sports talk uh christianity whatever just let me know i i really enjoyed this talk
1: awesome awesome well sounds great and hopefully uh yeah your bears can can bounce back a little bit and and get things get things rolling a little bit but uh we'll, we'll talk again for sure there's earl bennett joining us here on unpacking it intriguing
0: guests and inspiring conversations this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack our conversation with Earl Bennett. And loved what he said uh, just about his story of ending up you know, getting the contract even after being injured and thinking he was going to get released or you know, not be able to make the team, and, and just that, that understanding that when we surrender and let go, God can move. And I love the verse that he referenced, which is actually Second Corinthians twelve ten, 10, uh, where Paul writes, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And it's in that weakness when we rely on the Lord's strength, not on our own, when he meets us in that weakness and, and we become strong and we acknowledge our weakness. We embrace our weakness and say, I, I can't do it on my own. I cannot do it on my own. Lord, I need your strength. And, and so uh, love, love that, what, you know part of what, what Earl shared with us today. And then also just the, 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 the encouragement that we get oftentimes when we talk to guests That you know, in football locker rooms, the team mentality, the fellowship that takes place somewhat naturally, but but also the intentional Bible studies that that teammates have together, and and so we we've talked about that with guests over the years, but but it's just another reminder for us that you know even right now where where we tend to be disconnected from people uh, because of the Rona, that we need that fellowship, we need those honest conversations with other guys. And other girls, uh, if you're listening and you're a woman, um, other women, but um, but but we need that. We we need the the brotherhood, the bond with others that you know, the accountability, the the community, the fellowship, the 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 transparent conversations. Hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where I need help. This is where I'm weak, and we need we need brothers to come alongside us to say, "You may be weak, but Christ is strong, and I'm here for you. I'm in your corner." And so we need that. And, and so here at Unpacking It, you know, we've got some different ways uh, to, to help you with that. And so we've got what, what's called a PAC, uh, which is a small group for sports fans to get together for prayer, accountability, community, and kicking around sports topics. We also do the Wednesday Unpacked Lunch. We also have Fantasy Football Fellowship. We've got events in Charlotte, if you're a listener in Charlotte. But, uh, but, but check out our website, unpackingit.com, or shoot me an email Bryce at unpackingit.com if you want to connect with other sports fans if you're looking for that that fellowship that brotherhood uh, hopefully we can come alongside you and, and help you out with that so great conversation with Earl uh, appreciate him being on and uh, love thinking back to uh, you know when he was playing and he was on some fantasy rosters there's no question about that so uh, it's always fun to talk to guys that that have been in the the fantasy football realm over the years And glad that he still keeps up with with football and and watching his Bears. So uh, so thanks for listening today. Uh, I always wrap up the show and let you know that I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Unpacking It.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit That's unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate.